Chapter 1. Beyond the Lava. Russian Vodka. A great dichotomy comes with being a National Geographic filmmaker. You're either thinking, I can't believe they pay me to do this, or they just don't pay me enough to do this. The switch between those two modes can come as quickly as the swish of a crocodile's tail, or as suddenly as the turn of a deadly tornado. In Russia's Far East, the switch came with a simple glance upwards as we prepared to board our helicopter. I watched as a mechanic stood atop a stepladder under the motionless blades of our 25-year-old MI8 chopper. Before my very eyes, he reached up and began to wrap duct tape around one of the rotors. Let me make my alarm clear. Duct tape! He wound a meter of the stuff around the blade like one might wrap a bandage around a hurt limb. Now, don't get me wrong, I've trotted out my share of duct tape and I know it has myriad uses, from repairing shoes and packing boxes to curing warts and, one would presume, sealing air ducts. But this particular use did not seem within the bounds of credulity. I wanted to say, hey mate, are you nuts? Or, where'd you get your engineering degree? Or, would you like an arc welder and some metal with that? With the help of a translator, all I managed was a nervous, is everything cool? No problem, came the reply. In Afghanistan, these rotors were full of bullet holes, and they still kept flying. This is nothing. What I discovered inside the aircraft made the duct tape look comparatively secure. Each side of the chopper had fold-down bench seating with no working safety belts. A dozen of us were all to sit on one side, while our gear, now fully loaded, took up the rest of the space with about as much order as a kid's closet jammed with toys, and ready to topple down at any time. There was really only one question to answer. Were any of us going to pull out? Well, that just wouldn't be geographic. Nor would it fit with the producer's mantra that the film must come first. With caution cast to the wind, we climbed in. Now there was no turning back, and perhaps just as well. I'd flown into Moscow in the autumn of 2000, a week before I watched the duct-tape-wielding mechanic tape our helicopter together. I was part of a team from Nat Geo who were off to explore the volcanic regions of the Kamchatka Peninsula, Russia's easternmost frontier. My job was to find lava, film it, and make a documentary of the expedition. This was your grandmother's geographic, trying to fit into her new wave pre-shrunk genes. We had classic subject matter and a large multinational team of pros, but the budgets of the new millennium were too tight for our bold ambitions. We'd have to squeeze out every cent. Upon arrival in Moscow, I joined three or four hundred human sardines immersed in a common post-flight body odour experience. We all slowly shuffled towards two immigration officers who clearly believed that Mr Speed and Ms Efficiency never made it east over the rubble of the Berlin Wall, and certainly not into the secure, air-conditionless confines of international arrivals. You can tell a lot about a city by the way its people line up. In London, for example, everything's extremely orderly and polite. It's been said that if you stand still long enough in Trafalgar Square, people will start to queue up behind you. In Italy, if you don't push in, you'll never get to the front. And in Moscow, they prefer a practice best described as the clogged funnel. 
when I finally made it to the pointy end of the funnel, I got the look. I believe it to be a uniquely Russian countenance that combines a heavy-lidded, expressionless stare with a droopy-jowled grimace. The giant grouper, a tropical apex predator fish, does a fine job of this look too, but in Russia it comes with more attitude. I countered with innocently raised eyebrows and a slightly higher-pitched voice. Is there a problem? Mr. Happy held up my Aussie passport. You Australian? That's right. Happy held up my US driver's license. You American? I live and work in America, but I'm very much an Australian. He threw me the look again. You wait. He left, effectively cutting the flow of people in half and leaving me feeling awkward and guilty in front of a giant wedge of humanity. The annoyed masses...